You're listening to Trot the Egging, hosted by John Hetherington, working with Witness Rugby Union Football Club, sponsored by Boydells. This week's rugby story is a product of Ditton, who went on to live his childhood ambition. Coming through the junior ranks at Halton Farm of Hornets and Witness St Mary's, he signed for hometown club Witness Vikings. Establishing himself in the first team squad, he then took a sabbatical and headed down under for a new chapter in life and played for Redcliffe Dolphins. When returning home, after losing the love for rugby, he decided to play with his mates at Holton Farm of Hornets and West Bank Burrs, while also fulfilling a personal goal of playing with his brother Matt at Witness Rugby Union. A move to Salford materialised and he had spells at Newcastle, Swinton, Rochdale, Witness and has recently signed for Oldham. Ladies and gents, Mr Adam Lawton. Follow, like, share, subscribe and endorse us via Facebook, Trot the Eggin, Twitter, at Trot the Eggin, slash at John Heath, Instagram, Trot underscore D underscore Egg underscore in, YouTube, Trot the Eggin, LinkedIn, John Hetherington, and Spotify, Trot the Eggin. So Adam, how have you been, mate? Yeah, yeah, smashing, mate. Good to chat to you. Yeah, you know, it's been a while, and it, dude? Only see you at the club now and then now, so it's good to get you <laughs> on. But before we get stuck into your rugby story, mate, where was home for you and, and who lived at home with you as a kid? Yeah, well, probably as you know, I grew up in, in Ditton, a Ditton soldier, uh, just with mum and dad, and uh, Matty, my older brother. Yeah, it was good upbringing, yeah. Right, so how, how did rugby become a part of your life, mate, and where was your first club? Um, I started at Hutton Hornets because my uh, my uncle was actually coaching down there at the time, and uh, just took me down. It would have been five or six under sevens, and I just got into it from then. Yeah. Do you remember much about them early days, mate? Was it like uh, did you have a coach stood behind you and everyone got to take a ball and then that? Yeah, yeah, it was always like that. Um, Bobby Golden was actually coaching as well. I think he was still playing it like top end of his career then as well, so he was quite lucky. And um, yeah, my uncle was the other coach because I've seen my cousin played well, I played with my cousin, so yeah, right. So, uh, nothing ever put you off early, was you? Was you like always the, the bigger kid, so to say? Nah, nah, never when I was a kid. No, I remember my first game, I don't know why I remember it, but I wouldn't, you know, when you go on shake hands at the end. I think, I just, I think I ran to mum and dad at the side. Did it in that, did it? <laughs> I, I always remember that because that was in my first game, obviously, but that'll yeah. always stick me out. I don't know why. I wonder if someone's still got your card and they're waiting for you to sign it. I don't know if you remember that. You saw <laughs> cards, didn't need to prove you were the right age in that. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what junior school did you go, mate? And was, was rugby a part of... Your school life? Yeah, I went um, Ditton Primary and we had um, a teacher there that was proper into rugby like. Um, in, D- in Ditton Primary, we actually won the Witness Cup at year six. Like. And did and you what, play year below or Well, he actually dragged me in in year four, yeah. So I played a couple of games in <laughs> a couple. year four. That, yeah, and I was like, Proper like shitting myself. I was like, what's going on here? <laughs> we, I don't think we had a field then because we played on the back of the ICI. Yeah, remember that that little bit there. So, yeah, behind, do you reckon? Behind, behind yeah, go on, sorry, mate. 
Yeah, they they all fent through the ditch and that. Yeah, we had to do that dreaded walk. We must have been like eight or something playing against like eleven year olds. <laughs> I remember it. Did you so did you feel intimidated then at a young age like that? Probably, yeah. Because like yeah. I remember even being on it. I think I only got put on on the wing as well. But then it's obviously I, I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I played winger when I was younger. Uh, so that's where you started out, mate, yeah. Only because I think I was good at tackling then, and yeah. Bobby was the other good tackler. So they used to say they put us on the wings because as kids, you know, kids try and run round the wing. Yeah. So we used to have to defend on each wing. That's how, that's how it was. <laughs> <laughs> so that mate, oh, that experience, mate, of winning at a young age, because you you just mentioned little Bobby there, which we'll talk about when you've you've grew up. You had a really good side, mate, throughout, didn't you? But was, yeah, yeah. was that something you, you wanted to do as a kid or was you just happy playing? Was winning always at the forefront for you? Uh, I think that's all we were used to as, as kids at that because at under eights when Bobby and it was Steeno, he as well coaching then and my uncle Darren. We went through like under eights, under nines and we didn't. We never lost one game. I think I've still got the laminate somewhere. Right. Like a laminate sheet of all the results and that from them. Two years, we didn't lose a game for two years or something mad like that. But you were fuming when you did, weren't you? Oh, mate, I remember all, all of us were crying going off the pitch. We got beat at Cuthbert's away, I think, in Wigan. Right. It was like 8-4 and they had this big, massive lad. And I think his mum said to him, I'll give you 20 quid if you go back on. he come back on and score against us. And that yeah. they beat us 8-4, like, and we were all fucking crying, walking back. <laughs> fuming. <laughs> So, like, what what were the the teams you remember playing most of rugby against, like from like eight to eleven? Because it's quite passive, then Adam, and it it's like it's not a league system, is it, mate? It's like a pool of fixtures, so you just play people once or twice, wouldn't you? Yeah, it was always like the St. Helens teams. Blackbrook was always a big team. Um, Wigan St. Pat's, Jude's. Um, all so were that all called St. Helens Crusaders when you were playing already Thatterweef? Uh Thatterweef weren't actually that good from what I remember growing up. They're always in like a, a bottom division, so I don't I don't remember playing against them. They've been Pilks, then eh? Blackbrook and yeah, Pilks. Yeah. Pilks. Yeah, it was Blackbrook and Pilks, yeah. yeah. Right, mate. So when the town team come round, did you play was you selected for one and was you if you was selected, was you selected the year below or your own age? Yeah, it was me and Bobby Golden that got selected the uh, the year below, yeah. We got sent obviously from school. Yeah. And we get sent down to do the trials, yeah, and we got in there the year below. What do you remember about the town team, mate? Was it enjoyable for you? Was it a learning curve? Yeah, it was a massive learning curve, I think, really, because obviously you go you probably heard all the stories about Roger Harrison and Jim O'Grady and we had Trevor Allen as well at the time. And they were all dead stripped. You could only wear like black boots. You'd have to fucking dub in them, get the dubbing out the night before so they were shining. And that. <laughs> <laughs> Them old school trackies and that. Yeah. He had us running up hills yeah. on the old golf club. Alfie, yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> Singing that yeah. song. Yeah, giving us piggybacks up, yeah. giving each other piggybacks up and down that hill at 10 and 11. <laughs> you did have. 
As coaches. No, who, who did you have piggybacking? Oh, who would it have been? I think it would have been Harry Norton, because me and him were probably the... So uh, mine was Woodsy, mate. <laughs> Two little chunks carrying each other. <laughs> so, did you? How many games did you play? Did you play like so? You'd have played St. Helens, mate, Wigan, maybe Salford, uh, maybe Oldham. I don't think Salford were had a team. No. I think it. Yeah, it was Oldham, Wigan, St. Helens, Warrington. Yeah, I think that was it. To be honest, maybe Rochdale. Later on, I think they were called Calderdale, Calderdale School right. or something like that, yeah. But I, no, yeah, I don't mate. remember still having a team, I don't know. Right. So when, Joe, when you're flicking back and to from club rugby to town team, how do you find the standard, mate? Or as a kid, are you just loving the fact you're playing more games? Yeah, I think it was just another game, really. But it was obviously, you're always buzzing if you got picked to get in a town team and that so. I think, yeah, it's put. I don't think it was extra pressure at that age, is it? Because you probably don't even think about it. And I was most of the lads in that team, if not all of them, I was playing with at the local side anyway. So, so when so, when it becomes your own age group, mate, do you think you probably had a, you 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 and Bob to a degree probably had a target on you, didn't you? Really, because you were the two standout players of your age group. Yeah, probably, but. You don't really know about other kids from other towns, really, at that age. So I think you're just going into it and you just play what you see, don't you, at that age? Yeah. No, yeah. You've probably not seen them much before, yes, amateur. No, that's it, mate. So are you, what, what's around at that point for you? So are you playing footy? Are you playing cricket? Uh, what are you like at school? Was school more social for you or did you enjoy school? Yeah, school was playing up. Any sport that had a team, really. Primary school, we had a football team. I played in that, but then I don't think football. I didn't have a club or anything like that. I didn't because there was always rugby, rugby, rugby. So I just I was just concentrating on that, really. All right, mate. How was your transition into high school? How did you find that, Adam? And when did you start uh, growing into yourself? Did Did it just happen suddenly? Oh, high school. Also, my brother already went. To Bankfield, so yeah, the yeah. most obvious thing was to go there. I actually wanted to go away Deakin because most of my mates from primary school were going there, but I ended up just going Banky because our Matty was there. And yeah, rugby team, we were probably the worst in Halton, to be honest. <laughs> Did you find that frustrating, though? It was a bit because I was playing like second row, loose forward at my club and then I was going playing scrum half standoff at school obviously because not many kids could pass a ball they just turned up to have a game sort of thing so it was me and Adam Sadler another lad who was at my Marys club with me it was me and him and the halfbacks and we were both second rows for the Marys and then other than that it was just lads turning up just to fucking have a go at someone <laughs> yeah double mate at high school a lot of teams other than probably the biggest, the biggest girls at the town, that happens. You get like a, someone who plays up front on the wing, don't you? Or a keeper at fullback, just like gap fillers. Yeah. But they probably heavily relied on you to knowing you could play a bit. But there's only so much you can do from six and seven, mate. And you still need the other 
11 players so you're out don't you that's it I don't know if, what school did you go Peter and Paul me mate yeah oh. well, we, we yeah. went over to the Heath and I think that's the they beat us in like year 8 or 9 and that was the first game they won in like 50 years or something in a game of rugby and it was against that I want to sat with you that will it <laughs> they put it in the fucking news of the world and everything or whatever it was at the time. <laughs> There's an article in the U at half back there getting beat. <laughs> <laughs> it's devastating. But like that's the thing because even like with with the type of lads you're playing with, Adam, even like we'll speak about where around the five oh or a little game of tick and pass on the footy court we used to have there and in your cup game yeah. you're playing for your, your town. It's always really good. Even yeah, like yeah. them little mess about there, like it was like Usually yeah, like we everyone could yeah, sort of play, yeah. but, but but you're at you're at you couldn't be shown up really because you know, I was like quite a bit older than you as well, and I didn't expect you to be able to because no offense, I didn't know you either. And you just because all yeah, play yeah. a little bit, you didn't want to be shown up to a degree, did you? <laughs> and embarrassed by these young and knocking me about and that, so it must have been sure. difficult for you. Oh, losing that, yeah. You couldn't switch off though when I'll use it like 20 stone at 16 running around a little <laughs> fact, yeah, you took a couple of stone off. I'll give you that five alert. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so coming through school then, mate, how was the rep stuff for you? So sound team will have changed the service earlier, Adam, wouldn't it? So was you playing service earlier, mate? Yeah, it went from under twelves, then it went service earlier, it changed to Holland, didn't it? So I think yeah. we were trying to and get. Did you board. play every year? Yeah, I got every year from yeah. up to yeah. 16s. I think it went up to then, yeah. Because um, I think a little bit before or after me, mate, it went every other. So did you play 12, 13s, 14s, 15s? From what I remember, yeah, I think it was, yeah. yeah. But I do I remember think it must have been 12s, 14s, right. 16s, did it? Right, so it probably a little bit after you that then, isn't it, mate? Did it? It went intermittent, right? Does does Lancashire come along with that? Or like any? Did you hit any of them regional stuff? At? Uh not Lancashire. Um, that was a bit after me, I think. But I got on the the northwest stuff. Yeah, the camps. Right. The so what camp. what does that involve? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was just. I think it was three or four days. You go over. It was a big like. Don't know if it was a boarding school. You go over and stay over. You know, train. Three four days and then have the matches on the on the last day. Yeah. How did you find that, mate? Yeah, it was good. I only got that like I think it was fifteens or sixteens. And yeah, because obviously a few lads from Witness got it as well, so we had a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So was if that hadn't come along, mate, would you would you have been more than happy to stay on the amateur level, regardless of what we'll talk about in a bit? Would you have just always played rugby anyway? Yeah, I think so, yeah, because that's all I ever knew from five, six, I think it was six, so rugby on a weekend, that was every week, yeah. If I played more, happy there, so just more rugby, so yeah, I guess so. Fair enough. And, and what was the standard of the, the club rugby getting like for you? Was it still enough to keep you uh, satisfied, mate, enough to keep challenging you with the school being the way it was? Definitely, yeah, because then... I was I stayed at the Hornets and then I went a year above at the Hornets 
when the team moved to the Marys, I wanted to stay at the Arnett's, obviously, because my uncle and everything was involved there. So I stayed there. You know. But then um, I moved up an age group. And they were challenging for national cups and the league and stuff. So, yeah, it was it was always a different challenge every week, especially that year. Did you feel comfortable at that level, mate? Bit a little bit older and you're mixing it with like teams nationally because it is different, isn't it, for for kids or people that aren't too involved in rugby at the minute, mate? It it is a different level, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Because in in that team you had like Liam Hume, who was like England captain at the time, like Gaz O'Brien. So like I remember playing a national cup final. I think we got beat though, but like the intensity of that. And like obviously lads that age a year older, it was a bit rough and ready, like yeah. it was good, yeah. And did you ever feel out your depth, Adam? Was you was you how how did you go about playing in a game that was quite because that's a pretty big game, isn't it? National Cup final. Even at 14, yeah. 15, 16. Yeah, I thought, no, nah, I was sound. You, that age you probably don't think about it, but yeah, I was playing, getting good game time, I was starting in back row, so it was good. Right. Um, when so when did that shift happen, mate? When did you find yourself slightly in field a bit more? Um, probably from town team. I was standoff until under 11s, and then when you, I think it went from 11 players to 13, and then yeah. I moved to loose forward. Then from standoff, and then I was playing loose forward for a couple of years, and then when I moved up a year, I was playing back row, and then yeah, from. 14s, 15s have played back row ever since then. So, do you know when you're playing loose, mate? Because there's quite a bit of an age gap between us, isn't there? So, when when I was growing up, a 13 ain't like they are now. So, what type of role yeah. was a 13 at when you were playing? Mine was like you were, other than Farrell and Schoolfart, really, you were just an extra middle. Where now, you're, you're sort of an extra half, aren't you, that can carry. And I think when I first moved to 13 from six, when it was like under 11s, we had the full back out the back one side and we had the 13 out the back the other side. So that's how we played for a couple oh, right. of years. Yeah, so you split the field up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And obviously you try to get some carries as well. So. Right. And then It'd be a when... when... Play. <laughs> <laughs> so when your role changed a little bit, mate, and you're playing like a second centre, really, which we'll talk about later with the other chord that people might bib us for. But uh, so, how, how did your game alter, or did it alter? What when I moved to back row? Yeah, so when you moved to second row from thirteen, how did you find that? And did it like suffocate your game a little bit, or you know how to play what you're seeing? No, yeah, because I've, I've always been lucky enough to play with good halves, and that's all. I enjoyed running a good line or whatever it is. You're always on, if you want early ball off your halfback or whatever, you can always play yourself sometimes. So, yeah, I enjoy it, to be honest. And have you always had the, had the nerve to call for an early pass? Because it, like, that type of get that type of, like, communication and not, command might not be the right word, but you are wanting it early sometimes. That's some, that's hard for some lads to have, in it, mate? Not everyone's just got that, have they? They have to like get it coached into them or they grow up with it. Have you always had the ability to say when you want it and how you want it? Yeah, you can always tell in a game. It's not it's not even every game, but sometimes it'll come in a game where you see someone oh, there's a bit of space head and you just want it early. 
if they're wide or something, you just want it early off you to either hand it on or just get some easy meters up the field. So how's how's school going? Because your rugby sort of it's on a nice trajectory, isn't it? Your rugby mate, you're taking the levels off, so you've gone from amateur club to town. You've played Northwest Counties there at sixteen. You've you've played the year above in national cups, mate. You're getting not just experience, but you're getting better with the better level. So how's school going? Was it how was school for you in high school? Did it was it again social? Because a lot of the lads they have on it is mate. Because rugby was all we were brought up with, wasn't it? In in with this really. Yeah, that was it. But and then over weekend, obviously all my other mates were in different schools, so we'd all meet up at wherever it was in different places. So I didn't, I didn't really knock about with many people from my school because obviously all my mates from rugby and stuff were in other schools. So as soon as Friday went, I was out with all my other mates then. Yeah, so back up Sunday with dirty kit and after your team. <laughs> so when did did you play a scholarship mate so scholarship is the next level for viewers and listeners that might not know or it was back then mate wasn't it so scholarship is yeah. the next level from service early was that an option for you Adam so in that, a couple of years it got I don't know if it was called off or cancelled or whatever from like 12, 13 but then it started again at 14 and then I think I got on a scholarship at 15 then at Witness. Right. And does that put a target on your head, Adam, at club level? The people start knowing who you are? I don't think so, because it, it was only training. It's only scholarship. It was only training, isn't it? So you don't really see oh, no, anyone else. No, you don't. We didn't play any games in at scholarship. It's just extra training so the club can monitor you sort of thing, isn't it? No, no, okay. I weren't gifted enough. Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so, not right, so Could have been only like seven or eight years. So you're even limited to what you can do. So it was more just like skills stuff and that, to be honest. I'm probably shocked they didn't like put you with the, you know, like with the academy, a little like a bit of exposure, but keep you reined in to a degree and then yeah, see yeah. whether how you interact with people. Yeah. Did you enjoy that extra bit, Adam, like the taste of professionalism? Yeah, I think so, because um, just obviously extra rugby, that's all I wanted to do, so going off some energy yeah. and better mum and dad were happy about that. I went fighting around my <laughs> <laughs> So when, when it's time to sign, mate, what's the crack? How does that work? So do you, does, does your mum and dad feel the interest? Does the witness approach you and your mum and dad first and then the other clubs reach out. How did it work for you? I think because at 16s when scouts and that were coming around, we were always like high up there in the National Cup at the Marys and we were, I think we were second in the league in the North West. So there was always scouts at our games and stuff. And then it's a case of a couple of them would speak to your mum and dad after a game or, but in the end it come, we got a letter through the post off the RFL. I don't know if it's still the same now. And that had on who was interested in you and whatever, and the numbers you had to ring to organise meetings or whatever. And, and who was interested? Yeah, I had Witness, Warrington, Salford and St. Helens when I was at under-16s, yeah, on that letter. 
Now, are you playing at 16s at this point or are you playing the year above at this point, mate? No, so after the Hornets year above, I went to the Marys at, I think it was 15s then, and did my last yeah. two years at the Marys, yeah, with my age. Mate, I had some... How was that transition, mate, easy enough? Yeah, yeah, because obviously I was mates with them all beforehand anyway, so. Yeah. And it was a team that moved a few years prior, so I was just rejoining that team, really. All right, and then uh, you you might not know again, mate, because you are quite way back. I, I got to know that a little bit as well. But when when you go back, because you've played in them games with just as good players, if not most of them a little bit better because they've been older, how do you find it slipping back into your own age group? Yeah, it was obviously good taking the experience back from them bigger games and all the lads and stuff, yeah, because... Obviously, Liam Hume at the time, he was England captain and stuff, and Gaz O'Brien, they were all top of the game. Now, I think they both signed for Warrington then. So, yeah, but then just as well, we had just the same standard in that Marys team in the end, because I think seven or eight lads got signed at 16 from that team. So, yeah, it's a good chunk, isn't it? Did you not find it a little bit easier, that with you being in hard games week in, week out, sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. So, by the time we got to, it was Foundation Academy first at Witness. Right. By the time we got into that, from that Northwest League we were in, there couldn't be much better standard to play against, really. Obviously, coming up against. So, when you step up, you're already playing at that level, aren't you? I think so, yeah, because we were playing against teams like, I think Blackbrook had like six lads at England, 16s and stuff at the time, and we were beating teams like that, so. Yeah, thing yeah. taking that into it, there's not going to be much better standard than teams like that, really. Oh, so you've so you have been quite fortunate, mate. Not only are you a good player, which you clearly are, but you've played at that level consistently from probably being, would you say, nine or ten? You've been, been in and around them same teams, haven't you? Highly competitive since probably about that age, yeah. yeah. Right, mate. And when when did it? become like really serious for you was it after that video went viral on youtube are you smashing someone when you had your longer and that <laughs> <laughs> he put that on himself the lad that i smashed you know did he yeah <laughs> fair enough yeah. he's at all in it mate yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think yeah from then it well, that was the Witness Cup final, that at 16s. On that. Also, oh, he's from Witness, that lad, yeah. Yeah, that was the Hornets who we played against in the um, Witness Cup final on it. All oh, right. Yeah. You made him a yeah. superstar. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did you find that, mate, playing against like Witness lads? Because when there was only us in West Bank, like at my age. And we got to probably, you know, when it starts getting a bit serious, mate, at like probably like your age, 13, 14, do you reckon? That's when you started really proper. Like they, they proper overtook us, like not just by a score or two, like it got drastic. So how did you find it playing against other witness lads? Did you find it easier than playing against like some Blackbrook? And were the Pats good at your age, teams like that? Not later on, but they, when we were younger, they were always good, yeah. Yeah. But, like, 
the Hornets, they were always in the league below them when I moved to the Marys. And then we had West Bank, I think they were in the league below that. And then Moorfield, they were in the league below that. Oh, so no, we, didn't okay. really, we didn't really play against many witness teams other than that witness cup sort of thing. So but even that, we had a, I remember playing a friendly against the Which Hornets. probably come a little bit easy to use, really, didn't it? Yeah. So we played against them a couple of weeks before that final and all the scouts and that were there watching. And we all come out with like sombrero rats and like a boombox and that, you know, just taking them in, just having a laugh and all. I got back to like scholarship and that and Phil Finney went mad at us all. What's he beaming? <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. <laughs> I remember one lad, Jack like, Rooney, he come out with the boombox on his shoulder for his warming up. <laughs> it, but that's that's the thing, mate. If you if you aren't going to be like, uh, it's not going to float the boat, mate, who you're playing against. It is difficult, isn't it? I imagine yeah. when you get a bit older and you're at the level you're at now, when you've been at you've been at a higher level, no disrespect to anybody, um, you you sort of. You love the game, mate, but it's your job as well, isn't it? So you have to get yourself to a certain mindset to play. But when you're a kid, it's yeah. it's quite hard if you know the game's easy to, yeah. to be on it, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. How many did you score that day, mate? Any chip and chases and that? Oh, I don't know. I can't we will talk a... about that later. <laughs> it was a close game, that one. Well, because you probably hung the latch a little bit and... Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. we have to be serious yeah. for that fight, that way, this cup final. It's just the game box, no sombreros. No, that was at the stadium, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, at the back end of school, mate, what, what was you looking to do? So, are, are you looking at a college and a job with, with, with who did you decide to sign for? And, and did you have a meeting with them four clubs? Well, my mum had to speak to him, yeah. And obviously, I was a season ticket holder at Witness from when I when I can remember, to be honest. My uncle used to take me to games with my cousins. So, I just wanted... I was just tunnel vision to sign for Witness, really. So, my mum had to ring the other clubs and say, like, there's no point talking or whatever. Right. And the Witness could have done a gazard there and asked for the sunbed, couldn't she? <laughs> <laughs> if you get me a sunbed, you'll have a chat. <laughs> I remember Dave Rolt, who was head scout. I remember getting up one day for school and he sat in the living room having a cup of tea with my mum, <laughs> making, making sure I was signing. <laughs> he was but top they're the little touches, aren't they, mate? They're the little touches that go a long way, aren't they? Yeah, that's it. Because I knew Dave and Dom, who were scouting at the time. And he was always having, I was always quite pally with them anyway. So, and I knew I wanted to sign here, so... There was no other options, really, for me. Yeah, and they probably half knew that, mate, didn't they? Which is... Yeah, yeah like, It's like the one they're up in it, do you know what I mean? Because they've got the yeah. interest there, because you've got your season ticket in your arse pocket. Yeah. Definitely. You could be got at, yeah. Right, so what happens leaving school, Adam? What what were your options, mate? Um, well, I've signed for winners when I was in year 11, so... There's advised us at the time to do the do you know the remember the rugby academy course it was like a b-tech oh, yeah, yeah yeah so the lads at sand we all done that so we used to go training that witness before college 
and I'll go down to college then. It was like a BTEC um, sport. Yeah, without being rude, mate, was it? Is it hard to mo Do you just toss it off there? Is it hard to motivate? Because the the end goal is to wear that jersey that you're after, isn't it? Yeah, it was. Looking back now, I should have done something more practical. But you're not thinking of that age. You're just doing whatever, aren't you? So. Yeah, hindsight's a nice thing, Mark, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, the sound teacher there who used to play rugby as well, Liam Breverton, and so we just like we did enough to pass the course, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, just costing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, what happens with the club stuff, mate? When do you when do you have to call time on club stuff? Was you able to play under 18s and that what? No, no, that was 16s, and then oh. signed up witness at 15. So, right. What happens with that? Is that junior academy then, mate? Well, there was some like called uh, Foundation Academy, which was under 16s, and we played four or five games. So, but I'd already signed like two or three year contract then to go into the even at that age. Yeah, I think it was a three year contract. I signed at 15, I think. So that obviously shows even at that age, mate, that because you know when like my age were coming through, other than Richie, I think, and maybe Shane, they were only like twelve month brawling, if that makes sense. So yeah. obviously they've seen something in you to to keep you around, and this but five games a year does that not frustrate you considering what you've been doing forever? No, no. So that that was initially from. Just like it only went over like three or four months and then you progress from that. And I think they were looking at a few other lads from different towns and stuff that made up that academy. And they put them on, I think they were on like pay as you play stuff. And then a couple signed from that then. So then we all went into the under-18s from that. Yeah. So it's that when you start walking around town and the gear, mate. The good <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so what's it like, mate, knowing that you've signed for... It, like dream come true sort of stuff, isn't it? Like each oh, yeah. target will be just a game for the for the reserves or senior academy box ticked, and then you're looking at being. You probably might not have been, but you might be looking at 18th, 19th man for the first team box ticked training three times a week with them instead of once. What what were the goals going through that academy system for for yourself? Uh, I don't know because around that age you're falling in and out of it and you're like you start going out and stuff and you're like different things happen but then yeah it was always still rugby we always wanted to play every week and then yeah from 18 I think I didn't start training first team until I was 18 I don't think I had a few like 16 17 but nothing permanent really until I was like 18 then did you feel ready at that age mate or and what's it like walking into a room full of like some of them might have been your idols because you've grew up watching witness like we most of us have. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was a mad period really because we weren't in Super League when I first signed, and then obviously it was a fresh new team that year. We got Super League. I was part of that squad training then, so like it was a fresh, full new team then. Yeah. So it was a bit weird, like going into it, but I think. Everyone was probably in the same boat because it's a new. Everyone was new, really. Yeah. 
And what's it like for a young witness lad, mate, out and around town when, like, so when the going's getting good, I imagine it's nice, but when we're in a tricky situation, which you've no doubt you've had in, enough of, this This is your second spell, isn't it, that's just come to an end, but is it difficult for a young lad, mate, because you've come back a much more rounded, you're a man now, mate, when you've come back where, you, no offence, you were just a young lad then, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, and I'd... I don't think it was I had that serious head on the first time round, so it didn't really bother me what anyone said and I thought I did all right in, in that spell, so I never really got anything, but you do see all the stuff getting wrote about the club and all that, and I just to try and ignore it, sort of thing. Well that's fair enough, mate. So there's nice little milestones in in, in the mate. So what do you remember about your academy stuff before we talk about your, your first team stuff? Yeah, I think I've always been blessed with good coaches, really. I don't know if you know Neil Burke and Gaz Jones. So, from moving on from Bobby and Terry Miller and my uncle Darren, uh, Neil and Gaz took a, a 16 service area. I think it was 15s or 16s, yeah. And then they were the ones that really taught us, you know, like shaping the game, where you've got to stand and stuff, motion on the pitch, so... And then their coaches at Mary's 16s then. So I probably owe a lot to them, to be honest, because they probably, we were old enough to understand then and they probably taught us quite a lot, to be honest. So you're probably like really raw, mate, until you're at 16, 17. Well, probably from like 14, 15, you just, you have a couple of moves, but you're just taking five drives in the kick, really, and you pass it out a few times, don't you? You know, yeah, the odd drop off, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when they took over, they like made you understand the game, if you know what I mean, on a deeper level, like yeah. points on the pitch and spacings, movements, and all that stuff. So, yeah, and like he was making my... things happen, mate, more than just your size, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And Neil was my PE teacher at school as well, so he understood going obviously the team we had and stuff at the time. So, I don't know how he. Caught as well, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been frustrating for him as well. <laughs> yeah, well, that that's the thing we don't think of, in it, mate? Like, when you're playing, don't think how the coach must be feeling, because it's not really your job yeah. to either, Adam, to be honest, mate. It's just oh, about your development, in it? But Yeah. So, was, was Union played at school, mate, or is that something you didn't bother looking at? Yeah, we entered all them. Um tournaments that everyone went in and stuff but I think we did all, we probably did better at Union than League I think we won a few games in a couple of tournaments but never getting very far yeah, yeah I always I'll, enjoyed it yeah like in school you did playing, enjoy like, it as a kid yeah yeah I was like nearly my size now playing like fly after it just wasn't feasible <laughs> <laughs> Get the uh, open the ribs pass because of the size. It's not what you want, <laughs> that, is it? So, how did you find it going back into mate? So, like when you played rugby union, how did you find it going back to rugby league? Or was because you, you're athletic for a big lad anyway? So, was it not really a bother? You actually managed to reserve energy in union. Yeah, it's probably harder going to union, obviously, because there's so much more reels and that, isn't there? So, yeah. I'm still trying to get my head around it. Like once you hit the deck and get tackled, there's probably two thousand rules that you can't do in a rook and stuff like that. 
just cover your head, lots. That's it. Yeah, put the ball back. Cover your head. Put <laughs> the ball back. So, when when you you're in that um, the foundation thing, mate. I know it's a three year thing uh, that you've signed the concert. Was it quickly renewed when they seen what you've got about you? No, because the back end of that year, I'd started playing first team. Then when I went on loan to, I think we were Jill Red with Crusaders at the time on that first year. So I was still on an obviously an academy contract then, playing for Crusaders on loan until I made my debut that? that year. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Obviously, a lot of good lads there, like. Dally, John O. Smith, and they had lads like Steve Wild and that there. So it was, and um, Raiden. So it was good to learn off people like that from playing academy, jumping up to that. Yeah, Cause cause it, it's a different type of rugby act, isn't it? Yeah, they were in championship then. So I remember playing against like Lee Centurions away and stuff. I think that was like my second or third game away. Yeah, like proper veteran pros, mate, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it was good. So have you have you ever felt right, I know you're dead laid back and I keep saying that, but have you ever felt exposed, Adam? Or have you always been really happy at wherever you've you've had to go, like slotting wise, even as a kid? No, no, I've always been sound really. Never really thought about uh, any pressure or anything stuff like that. I've never built any pressure up to play a game or nothing. He's always just put a kit on and then that's it for 80 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. No, so so what what did do you reckon that loan spell give you the taste of a different style of rugby? So you could as you're growing up you can play you can play the attritional stuff or you can play the fancy stuff. Because the only difference I've heard of previous guests mate is speed. And it's probably a bit more physical in the champ. Yeah, definitely more physical. It's and from academy to that, it's obviously a bit quicker. So I remember playing them first games and I was fucking up <laughs> by like seventy minutes. And obviously the experience lads getting you through it. So nah, but it was good. Right. And and what's it like when you're told you're making your first team debut, mate? Do you remember much about it? No, I only got told, I think it was two days before, because I've been in the, the squad a couple of times. And then, yeah, Dennis just gave me the call and said, I'm going to put you on the bench this week. And that was like two days prior, I think. He said, just prepare well. He said, I don't know how long it will go, but... Yeah, go on, mate. Sorry to interrupt. I just said, I don't know how long you'll play, but just prepare to play. I'm going to put you on the bench, sort of thing. I can't remember if we were down on numbers or whatever, or he just wanted to give me a chance. So, but yeah. And are you patient, mate? Can you wait for for you to come in the action when it's right, or do you, do you need an early touch, an early tackle? I remember my first touch coming on. It was at Castleway at the jungle, and the, I think Kevin just kicked the ball dead eye, and it come down, and I was looping round on the pitch. And someone just passed me the ball straight away and I was just heading towards the other corner. I think he got bundled in touch on the corner flag. It's, <laughs> it's probably a good thing getting straight into it. Yeah, no, it is. That's what I mean, yeah. But yeah. now you probably right. finish it like the old school winger you was. 
I watched it back a few times. I probably should have given it to Paddy Flynn in the corner, but I was never passing that that close. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you know when when you break in, mate, and you're playing with, you just mentioned Kev Brown, like Paddy was all around a long time as well, wasn't he? Like, we're bringing people in, which, like, Gazza, um, yeah. Ben Cross, Lloyd White, Gail Dudson, like, the players you're playing with, are you starting to to see how rugby can can be played in different ways, or again, are you just are you just going with the flow because you're just riding the wave of of a dream, really, mate? Aren't you still? Yeah, a bit of both, really, because I was never expecting even to play as many as I did that first year. I was just happy being around that environment, getting used to it and stuff. And so many talented players around that time and we were signing like all the Aussies and that that come into it and even all internationals and that still we had a couple of internationals didn't we at the time so it's just good did to you be go in and ask for a 10 year deal when you scored that hat trick against London <laughs> <laughs> you should <have. laughs> well as a local lad mate how is that like kids kids don't probably ever dream of Scoring that tricks unless you're a winger, really, did he? So for you to rock up yeah. as a young lad, making your mark in the game, in the professional game, and you manage to do to do that, and you had to work hard for a few of them as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it was the two weeks before I'd scored the hat trick against Doncaster in the cup. So I think from that, it, I don't think it fazed me at the time. Like looking back now, I think it's probably a bit of an achievement, but. At the time, you're just thinking it's another game of rugby sort of thing, so you're not really bad When you're not on the wages all the big players are on, so you just think you're just doing it for fun, really, still. Still at home with my mum and dad. So it's not like life-changing, not life-changing, but that sort of thing. It's just another oh, again, It's not going to build you the conservatory, is it? You're doing it because you still love it. <laughs> No, like, yeah. let's not beat around the bush, Adam, isn't it? You, you're still, like you said, yeah. you're still on probably not far off your academy contract, even if you have got a first-team yeah. one now. Yeah. yeah. So how, how was it playing in the Challenge Cup the first time? It's something we've grew up watching on the BBC and that, mate. How was that? Yeah, I think we were getting beat when we when I come on. That was against Doncaster at home, and then we only ended up beating them, like, 40 points to 20-something in the end. I don't, I don't know how many to but somehow did, yeah. <laughs> they all count, I thought they. Right place, yeah. right time, isn't it? Game knowledge. Most of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. when you rock up, mate, and you see Lawton on the back of a jersey that you haven't bought yourself, or yeah. when, like, because you're quite good when you're after the game, you go and meet the young fans and that, don't you? What's it like when you see your name on the back of jerseys and that, especially one that you've grew up wearing? Yeah, that's it. I used to take pictures of it all the time because it wasn't real and stuff. And I always remember the first Magic Weekend and stuff like that. Still got that picture somewhere of me locker there. It's just like the names around you as well at the time, most like retired now as well. But in that you're just living in the moment at that time. You don't think anything of it, but... It's obviously memories that'll stick with you forever. 
hopefully they do, mate, because it's it's some achievement and and you still you still in a in a, a big moment of your career. So it'll be a few years that you manage to look back, mate, and and we'll have a joke about it probably after this. But what's Magic Weekend like? Is that something you, you're enjoying? You like the idea of, mate? Do you think it's a good idea? Yeah, I, I love it. It's always hot summer's day. There's always loads of fans there. And it's like it's, it's like an exhibition, really, isn't it? Yeah. You get to see yeah. loads of games. You're playing on a big stage. It's like around that time in that team, we weren't getting to where we got quarterfinals, semi-finals of the Challenge Cup, but we never let Wembley or Old Trafford, so that's probably the closest you're getting, really, isn't it? Yeah, and it's the big stadium, something you like, what? Oh, there's no better, is there really walking out on it? You wouldn't know, mate. Oh, Don't rub it in. <laughs> so, so what do you know when, when rumours are circulating and stuff, mate? Because there was a big buzz about you, weren't there, around the time, whether. You want to admit it and not through a smile or acting like you've not heard me out, but there was. What does that do for you? And like, I used to bump into you going out with like a few of the lads as well because I I knew you through Gofford and that. And what was it like down like downtown when you're getting spoke about and the people leave the people let you enjoy your night or do you have to like be courteous to people? I don't know. At that time, I obviously used to. Love going out after the game and that because you'd never buy a drink around that time. And I think there was a buzz about the team. So we were not far off playoffs and stuff. And just coming through, I think I was just soaking it all up as probably everyone else does when they go through that phase. Yeah. So my mates are out every week, so the other time I join them, I soak it up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you, mate. Plus, you. You're mixing it up with like like you said the, the Aussies or the Islanders or like stars of the game. You need a let off, don't you? you? You can't just sit in four walls seven days a week other than an hour and a half playing. You've got to go out yeah. and live life, haven't you? Yeah. Right. So when when you're at the Crusaders, mate, what happens with that? Because you were dual reg, were you training with witness and then turning up to like a captain's role and playing? Yeah, that was it. You just do the captain's run on the yeah. Friday night or Saturday morning, whenever it was, and then play on the Sunday. And that was it. You go back to witness then. You wouldn't know week to week if you were playing or not. But if you are in the witness squad, you yeah. wouldn't be training with them. And then one week you might be. So Did you find that? Yeah. Probably frustrating, but when I got... In the side, they've pretty much stayed in it for the second half of the season. So, probably played, I think it was five or six games at Crusaders before that. So, I must have played 20 odd games that year. So, I was happy with that. Was that your first year, Lawton? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was been 2013, yeah. that year. So, when did uh, the sabbatical start, start entering the brain? Uh, that was 2015. I went over to was then. So, was that in the thought process for a while? That no, not at all, really. No, I went over to was in the summer and the off season. Then I went back in, done pre season, played I think five or six games the next year, and then 
I weren't getting picked for a while and the contract that I was on at the time, it wasn't amazing. Apart from like, you get more if you get match bonuses and stuff. So like all my mates have got jobs or going out and stuff and you felt restricted. So I just fell out of love with it. So I just thought like, obviously Gotha was over there. So I got an agent then at the time and spoke with Frank Endicott and I just said, can you get me over there? Can you get me a club over there? And he sorted everything then. Right. So before that, you were more than happy you were playing regular. When you're not playing regular, what's the talk like? Did he, did he, did he sit down with you and explain why you're not? No, not really. I was just always turning up. Probably wasn't doing everything I could if I was being honest, but when you fall out of it, you don't give 100%. So I thought I just needed that break to find the love for the sport again, sort of thing. So, and Not that, mate. Just to be happy, in it, Because it does, does yeah, impact yeah, your life, doesn't it? Yeah. So so what was what was that chat like when you asked Adam, if, if you don't mind me asking? No, I, didn't, I think they thought I was going to sign for someone else because... I had to sign a form saying that I, I couldn't sign for any other Super League team, any NRL team, because I told them I was going Oz. I said, yeah, that's fine. I signed it. So they held my registration until, obviously, if I wanted to come back, I could come back. Oh, so they thought you were just using that as a stopgap to go in the shop window sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. I think they thought I'd been wanting to sign for someone else, yeah. Right. Uh, I could get why you've got to look after it's a business as well, Adam, which you're probably starting to see without oh, realizing yeah, yeah. it at that age, aren't you? They'd invested yeah. looking now, they'd invested in me, so yeah, you wanted to upset it, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how did Australia go, mate? Talk us through what's coming through your head when you're sat in the airport waiting to go. And that is, are you doubting whether you should be going or are you fully looking ahead to what's coming? Oh, no, I was just buzzing. Because I'd been there in the summer for a, few, for a few weeks, so I knew yeah. I was going back to and, uh, the club at time for, like, they'd sorted everything, they got me a job and everything when I landed, so I just fell straight into that, really. And for, for viewers and listeners that won't know, mate, you actually signed for the Dolphins, didn't you, before it was ever rumoured they were going to be an NRL side? Yeah, yeah, while I was there, they were always putting stuff into players to eventually do that like they were building the stadium while I was there like the new stadium they've got I don't think they even play there now I think they play up the coast don't they yeah I think they play at um, Suncourt don't they yeah yeah right so everything was gearing towards that was it mate yeah that was the ambition yeah yeah I always thought that yeah because they were always generating money like they had like a casino on the side of the club that was getting them like the biggest in the league or whatever, biggest on the course. So they're always building towards building this big club to get to apply to be in the NRL, yeah. So what they sorted a job and accommodation for you as well, did they, mate? Yeah, well, they obviously offered it all, but I got a house with Goffer when I got over there. So they sorted me, obviously, all money for the car and everything as well, like that. So I'm home from home. Pie Palace. 
That's what so, it was. Like, yeah, like joking aside, what what was life like, mate? Because it it's very different, like from witness in it. Yeah. So when I went over there, we're just going into the playoffs. So I'd only signed for the year after, so I got there quite a bit early. And then going into the next preseason, I only ended up playing a few games after that because on your first year visa, you can only have one job for six months. And obviously that had run out, so I couldn't find another job around there. And then I ended up moving because I knew some lads from Witness that had worked like, away from the club, so I had to move around the country then. Now, That's when I did you find that daunting? No, not really, because I'd only played a few games. I was doing all right. But like, I was still in that headspace where not enjoying well, not not enjoying it, but it wasn't the be-all and end-all then. I mean, you get more yeah. money doing working full-time and stuff. Obviously, that was more important to stay over there to get a decent job yeah. and that. So, when I got a decent and job. Standard... Sorry, mate, you got a job doing what? I was on the roads over there laying concrete pipes and stuff. So, oh, so you're grafted. Yeah, yeah, and it was good. Yeah, yeah. So, what was the standard of rugby like? Was it enough to entice you to try and stay, or was you was you thinking I could do this at all? I think that standard's probably. It's not. I don't think it's Super League standards like that Q Cup level, but. Yeah. It's somewhere in between Championship and Super League, definitely. I was going to say, that's it's enough to, to keep you there if you can match it with a job and a visa and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So so what comes on the back of the graft that you're doing? Are you, are you managing to play or are you, just, are you just living the life now? No, no, yeah, I was just working and living and going around the country, really. Yeah. Like that last 18 months just doing what I wanted really and you did not bother you about rugby and that mate not even about when you come home would you have just eventually come home and just played with Matty or played with your mates no so when when I moved I moved down to Port Macquarie and there was a team there it was Shane Millard's dad was like the director or CEO and he a lad that I worked with the manager there he knew him so he picked me up one day and was showing me around this rugby club and stuff. And um, I was going to sign and play there, but obviously Redcliffe had me registration and they wanted like a good few thousand quid to give up my registration, like so I couldn't play. Oh, then. so you say you're politics again here, mate, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they held it right. then and the club, that club wanted to pay it, but I didn't, want him in case he had to move for work again I said and that wasn't a, math, a big club like Redcliffe was so I didn't want to put that on them so I just said nah nah just leave it sort of thing so well that, that really you'd have felt an attachment to do it if you were still in the headspace and not being bothered that'd have been yeah. twice as hard again Adam wouldn't it yeah so if I'd have had to move for work again yeah I'd have had to let another club down sort of thing. So I didn't want to put myself in that position again. Who who was it? Port Macquarie Sharks, I think they were called. Right. 
it, it's mad, isn't it? Like, this, this is everything. I can't imagine one single witness or all them Newcastle Salford fan will understand that. Like, they won't know that happens, mate, will they? They just see you holding a shirt saying Martin on it, signed it. Yeah. You've just gone from one one word to another and it's just not how life works, is it? Well, that's it. When I ended up going to Salford, it all come back then and we had to have a, a big Zoom meeting with the NRL representatives and stuff. It was like oh, a court hearing. They catch up, was it? Yeah, yeah, about who had my registration and stuff. So that's why I couldn't play the um, friendlies for Salford at the time. Because oh, right. still had my registration. And because I'd left and I had signed a contract there, they wouldn't give up my registration without this fee. So that's it was like mad, a, isn't it? We had to have a meeting down at RFL. Head office with the NIL, and there was like eight people on this meeting. It was mad. Yeah, it's crazy, mate. So we'll rewind a little bit then. And why come on? Uh, just my visa ran out at the time, and stuff fell through. My missus come over. Yeah, we come home, and she fell pregnant. So started right. a family, and I stayed at home then. Yeah, no, it's a lovely reason, mate, isn't it? I can't imagine there'd have been many more that made you stay. Because it <laughs> weren't like you were unhappy, mate, was you? you? You were in the groove of Aussie life at this point, weren't you, mate? Yeah, yeah, it was class. I always say in the future, we'll probably might try and go back, maybe try and retire there or something. <laughs> it sounds the dream, mate, to me. <laughs> Anyone can wish. <laughs> <laughs> right, so you're home, and, and how do you? How do you put the feelers about to get back in? Or are you not bothered initially? Not really, no. I'm just settling in, getting a job sorted and stuff, because I've seen had nothing here. And then just, yeah, started playing amateur again. Right, so did you come come to the Wits initially, mate, first, or did you go to West Bank first? I think I did a couple of games at the Hornets, because that's where... Matty and Mellon were at the time who was mates with. Yeah, then yeah. I come to Wids for that little stint. And then I went to uh, West Bank after the Wids season finished, didn't I? So how did you find Amateur Rugby League for the start? Because you've been out of that scene for, what would it have been, four or five years, Adam? Maybe six? I think from my last contract to me, one coming back, it was... Yeah, probably five years or something like that. Yeah. How four did years, how did you? Years. Sorry, mate. How did you find it? Had, had the game changed? Was it just like slotting back in? Was it easy? I think not amateur. Really, it's not. You've not got to do all the little things you've got to do in the program, so to say. And it was, it was only fun. It was only fun, really. So it was just like playing just with yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. made me fall back in love with it then, coming back. Right. And then you've, you swap cords, mate, and you, you come to kick, kick and clap as we know, that's not yet. And <laughs> how did you find that initially? And do you know when amateur coaches are talking to you, Adam? Do you, yeah. do you feel like they try and get you to, it's a saying, I don't really, it's not a nice saying, but suck egg sort of thing? Do they like talk to you like you're half, don't know what you're doing? Yeah, but I think I needed that coming over because I think that's why it did me good only playing at 12 
because I didn't yeah. have to get all them reels going into the rook at the time and stuff. And it's only from then when you start watching it, I started watching it on telly and taking a real interest then, is that you get most of the reels that come with it. Like yeah. not going in from the side and stuff like that. And you can't, you've got to stay on your feet if you're going for the ball over the top and stuff. All that stuff that you wouldn't know coming in blind and just playing. So it's like fair play to like million like the Murphys and that who go over and play and they're proper. They're still going now, aren't they? Getting stuck right into it all. Yeah. So, fair enough to them. Do you know what, mate? I know you do, but you even sounded like you knew what you were on about left. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do, but you sounded it. <laughs> so, how did you see the game different at 12 to maybe playing in the back row in, in rugby league? How did it open your eyes at all to space and stuff, mate? I think so, because you logically you think there's a lot more room, but when it's up in front of you, it's not because like wingers are just coming round. There's not like a left winger and a right, right winger, is it? Or left centre, right centre. So I think you've got to find space sort of thing yourself. And like I said before, in Lee you can get your timing off someone playing the ball, but Union you could have a nine that holds the ball in or you could have a fly after that takes a few steps. So it's all timing and stuff and you've got to learn off the players around you. Well, someone could hold the ball on the floor for a lot longer than a play the ball, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so do, do you know when you're playing in like our type of derbies at the wits, like the LSHs, which become lively for you, didn't it, mate? And I think they might have made a bit of a target here, if I'm honest and that, but... How did Probably. you find? No, I think I think they did, mate. You're a big lad. You can see you can play. People know you've played Super League from Dykes and Tellings and Warrington and, and Lee and that, mate. Don't they like rugby league hotbeds? So they know you've been there. Yeah. How did you find it playing in them confrontational games in Union compared to rugby league? I think it was mostly it was all right. I remember playing against Lee and they had um, Penky playing, Sean Pankovic and that. So I was having a laugh of him and that because I obviously played against him yeah and then you see a lot of league players going over like Sean Richardson went over didn't he yeah still playing yeah. yeah he has a cig at half time <laughs> <laughs> yeah so do you so think yeah, it allowed you to learn the game a bit as well rather than throw you in the deep end and the back row which we spoke a little bit about off camera yeah yeah because I think if it got three straight in the pack, like there's so many reels that you have to get your head around, isn't there? And you can't just throw yourself at someone and take someone out. Mm. But then at least at 12, you can sort of see the rook and then you can see other parts of it. And like, know when your fly half should be kicking, finding touch and stuff. And stuff like just that. You don't want to go up in a line out straight away, do you? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> So when well, you signed for West Bank then, mate. Sorry, mate. So when you signed for West Bank, was it was it an easy decision? Yeah, I spoke to Steve Curfew, who was like player coach at the time. And he said, Yeah, mate, definitely come down. And they were a good team at the time and challenging for the um Northwestern stuff and the county's cups in the league. So he said, Yeah, definitely come down. So yeah, I love love my time there, yeah. 
Is that what you got signed on the back of? Because you were chipping and chasing, which we joked about before. You were scoring at six. <laughs> you were, you were sort of back doing it how you used to do it as a kid. You're playing what you're seeing. You you were clearly loving it, mate. When you were coming yeah. to Wits, you were like you were a, you were a different lad again. You were back the old Adam, weren't you, mate? You were. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. back into being a key part of your life. So is that on the back of playing with mates again and, and family and Matty that the drive yeah, yeah. going back pro? Obviously, it was good play. It was a dream playing with Bar Matty up at the Wids. So hopefully, it can happen again before we both hang them up. But yeah, when I moved to West Bank, obviously, lads like Bertie, Jack Murphy, who I grew up with, Jack Murphy, and like Jonesy, Eddie McAdam, all like tough lads. So it was good to play in a team like that, where they were challenged, like competitive, challenging for cups and trophies. Yeah, and you just were the same that people didn't fancy playing, mate. There was a few weeks there where there was late, late withdrawals, what do we call them? walkovers, mate, weren't there? And you'd yeah, be coming yeah. up the woods last minute, wouldn't you, watching Matty and stuff? and. Yeah, yeah. I think there was a few of them, yeah, but that's probably the reputation that that team had at the time. Yeah. But it was good to go into something like that, and it was always competitive games. We were always up there. So, how does the approach to go to Salford happen? What, where does it come from? I just, I didn't expect anything like that at all, but I was just browsing. Twitter one day and then there was an agent that a couple of lads had at, at Witness who I knew at the time and Graham Taylor and he's a top fella, he's done a lot for me now but I just got in touch with him and said oh, can we meet up, do you, want, do you want to put me on the book sort of thing so he obviously put the feelers out and he had like five or six offers within two weeks or something from playing there what does that do for you, mate, in your confidence? Now, when you've been away from the game at that level, but people still are keen. Yeah, I think it's because I probably did a bit all right before I went away, so it's probably more people taking half a chance on you, thinking you'll still be half all right, sort yeah. of thing. So we'll give you a go. So, but yeah, when Salford come in, it was a no-brainer. Really, I just thought. It probably was too early for me looking back at it now, getting straight in for that from not, from not training properly and stuff, going straight into that. But now to go into that environment and get into not playing in it, but not playing much that year either. But being around that team and getting to the grand final, yeah, it's just something that'll stay with me definitely. So, and I learned a lot off Ian Watson as well at the time, who's probably one of the best coaches I've had. Hey, mate, and Again, hindsight's wonderful, mate. But what what lad wouldn't wouldn't have said yes to a Super League side like that? Yeah, exactly. I couldn't have yeah. couldn't have said no and done it any different, really. Uh, and the other offers, mate, were the were the Super League offers and champ offers, or yeah, mostly Championship, really. But was they? Yeah, just thought if I'm going to right. myself. You know, only go down at the deep end, innit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Push you the tall, I bet that there's no deep end for you, is there? 
<laughs> so, so, you know, when you rock up and who, who's there? Are you, are you chatting with Ian Bleece? Are you chatting with Mr. King? Is is what's all there? Who's there talking to you and, and what convinces you? I didn't need much convincing, really. When I met, yeah, I'm, me and Graham, when I met um, Ian Bleece and Ian Watson at a golf club in in Manchester, just had a chat with him and stuff, and then a couple of days later, they come back and said, yeah, we'll give you a shot sort of thing. Hey, mate, and did he want to know about you, or did he just talk rugby, rugby, rugby? I, I, I don't know, Ian. I know him to a degree. I've had him on me. I like the fella and think they're doing a great job yeah. at Salford, but there's more than there's more to Adam Water than rugby, isn't there? Yeah, well, I think that's what their meetings are, really, to get to know you, what your background is, make sure you're not like a knobhead sort of thing. I think that's what their yeah. meetings are more yeah. about really nowadays because we've seen all they, they can see or want to see. They just want to know what you all like really, don't they? So Yeah, just know that you can split the Guinness, no dramas, mate, and the contract was there, wasn't it? Split the G. <laughs> <laughs> so what's it like when you rock up, mate, and, and that team's how it is? Is it, do you feel... Do you feel like it, the young Adam again, like you did playing for West Bank to win some out and on it? Yeah, definitely to a certain degree, but I knew it was like a million miles off at the time. It was probably through in it really at the deep end. But yeah. I just plugged on and plugged on. I got a few games in the end that year, a few loan deals to try and get me up to game speed and that. Which was Did you find law like. moves? Yeah, because I couldn't play in the friendlies and stuff, obviously, with all that stuff with Redcliffe. So, yeah. I did like two month loans at Swinton and Rochdale, which was good at the time because I'd not even been at that level since yeah. five years prior. So, that was my first game was against Witness, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> first game back for Swinton. So, yeah, that was getting through in at the deep end. But yeah, it probably done me the world a good them two loans and then I managed to get a couple of games after that. Yeah. So but that, I don't know if you team, know, mate, but I'll ask it. Sorry, go on, mate. No, that team was solid, so I was just appreciated being a part of it and watching how yeah. far we got that year. It's just been Yeah. No, I imagine, mate, because you your yeah. maturity levels like you're a, you're a man now, you're a you're a family man, you're a dad, you're a I imagine yeah. you're engaged at this point, aren't you? And like, yeah, life's yeah. very, very different for this Adam now. But uh, I don't know if you know, mate. And I thought I hope you don't mind me asking. But what what allowed you to play on loan, but wouldn't allow you to play for Salford? Was it the fact that it was Super League and they were holding out for a bit of dollar? What do you mean from Redcliffe? Yeah. So why were no, you not no. allowed to play for Salford, but you could play for Swinton? No, no. I, so that was the start of the year. So right. after that meeting, like it was like a court hearing, and in, and in the end, it got settled. So I could then. Right. So them loan spells were just obviously because I wasn't getting in the Salford team, so yeah. I was just being sent out on loan there. Yeah. And sorry to go back a little bit, Walt, but do you know when? this meeting's happening and the build-up to the meeting because it's not just, oh, we've got a meeting tomorrow, is it? It's like well in advance planned and that. Is it semi-sucking the life out of enjoyment again? 
You've worked yeah. so hard to get into a happy place, and then because the friendlies are what I wasn't going to walk into the, that team whatsoever. So it's games like in the friendlies where you need to show sort of what you can do if you can to maybe get a shot in eight, nine, ten games time where someone might get injured and you might get called upon to get that chance sort of thing. But I didn't get that chance in the friendlies really. So then that's why I was not playing then and then the loans come about. So and when when you're around the winning culture, mate, are you just at your absolute peak and just thriving and and loving it because you got on with everyone there, didn't you? You could see that, like, just, it was quite a tight knit group, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, because it wasn't a massive squad. I think at the start of the year, we only had 25, we had no academy, right. so I think we finished the season with less than that. So, okay, mate, and then oh, that's me again. That's sorry, Adam. Go on, mate. No, no, go on, mate. I think so. Yeah. So what at, at the end of your time at Salford, was there ever a discussion for the renewal, mate? Or was it amicable and you left on good terms? Yeah, yeah, it was good terms. I think after the grand final when we went back to the stadium, Ian Watson did come over and say, Oh, we need to sort some out and that, but nothing ever blossomed from it. And I think maybe another pre season in a full time environment we might have got a few, few more games, but I'll never change yeah. anything now. Everything happens for a reason, so. It does, mate. It does. So, is Newcastle next in it? And and what convinces you to go up there, mate? Yeah, it was Dennis, because when I was getting them loan deals at Swinton and Rochdale, it was, Dennis was trying to get me up at Newcastle and I, I wanted to go up there, obviously, because Dennis gave me my debut and stuff that weather, so. Yeah. But I think with all the travelling stuff, Salford didn't want me doing that. So I was already in talking with him and stuff like that. So that that was just natural like sort of transition for me to move to them when I was already in dialogue with Dennis at the time. So anyone else interested though, Adam, or was it were you very much focused on playing some of your best stuff under Dennis again? Yeah, I was just excited to join that because it was a project Obviously, they were aiming for Super League themselves, weren't they? Yeah. So I was excited to get on that journey. And they were signing a lot of good players as well at the time. So, yeah, I wanted to get on board with that. So, do you know when you get up there, mate, and you've had the um, the building experience that you've seen Redcliffe going through and knowing where they are now, was, I'm not saying it was the same by no means, but was, was the similarities there, Adam? Or yeah, was, did you look and think these aren't ready? No, we were in a meeting with the CEO and everything. And they said, even if we're in the Super League Grand Final or whatever, if it's 15, 20 years' time, everyone sat in this room will have a ticket to come join us because you've been part of this journey sort of thing. So it was a legit journey that they had 100 people in that room and that's what they were telling everyone. Right. So everyone bought into it. Yeah. I mean, and Before COVID, we didn't lose a game that year, and we knocked Dewsby out the Challenge Cup. We were in the Championship as well. So, yeah. How is it? Are you working as well, mate? When you were with Newcastle, or? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. same job. Man. I've had that job since then. 
Brilliant. How is it, Joe, going that, Adam? Because like, I imagine every game is like an away game, mate, in it. Yeah, yeah, it was, to be honest. But Bob Bezit was there and obviously Dennis, Simon Finnegan. So we used to car share sort of thing between us. Yeah. You know the experience there, mate? Is it easy to draw on? With you being like, you're still like a, a, a young man, really. Are you comfortable asking for extras, for tips, for for stuff like that off them types of people? Yeah, I think so. Because obviously Dennis was director of rugby. Simon Finnegan was head coach. And I played with Simon at Witness. Yeah. And obviously Dennis was the coach then. So Simon did the majority of stuff. But Dennis was coaching as well. So it was just like, it wasn't new, but seeing him in a different light sort of thing. But I always had respect for them both anyway from coming through. So it was an Even easy like some, Yeah, like home from home, really, mate, I imagine, with familiar faces yeah. and stuff, just a bit of a longer drive from yours. <laughs> <laughs> Getting home at like midnight, one o'clock on the train, two, three times a week. Right, that tests the love of the game that mate done it when you've yeah. lost it and got it back. Yeah, yeah. I was riding that way. It was good sweets in the car. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a few podcasts. <laughs> so, like you just mentioned, then, so you're still on the wave of being back and enjoying it. I imagine that, yeah, and seeing what comes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, like that was a new squad. So, well, the heart of the squad was new, but they got quite a few new signings when all this came about. And Dennis took over, and they got Simon in. So, and I think they just missed out on the playoff final the year before. So they had a decent squad anyway. So it was exciting to join that, hoping we get promoted the year after. And and how was it, mate? Was it a spell you enjoy? Yeah, yeah, definitely, hundred percent. The lads there were sound. Obviously, F Simons is up there anyway, so yeah, anywhere they were all good lads. To be fair, coming on, mate. So, what what's the feeling like? And does Graham put the feelers back out? I'm guessing you you have had to think proper this time because, like again, life's changed, hasn't it? Yeah. So that was when COVID hit. So that season was cut short, really, and then we're all on whatever it was at the time, that 80% thing. Yeah, the furlough thing. Yeah, yeah. So from then, I actually signed at Ottawa when Ottawa started up. Okay. So I was took loads of convincing to the missus and that, that I'd work out and stuff. <laughs> and uh, everything was signed to go over there. And obviously that all fell through as well, so... How how did that make you feel? That mate was was you still willing to play? Was it a bit unnervy with like how the world was? Yeah, well, that was back going full time. So when that opportunity come round, obviously grabbed it with both fans. Like you think they were on like a because Toronto were up and flying as well. So when Ottawa come around, you think yeah, I want to get on that, and then it all just 
COVID it and then they couldn't enter the league and stuff like that because of flights and stuff and all that. So that didn't really progress. As a silver lining, no, mate, at least you weren't in the Toronto sort of thing where they weren't getting paid and that at least it like, sort of flopped before it started. Not that it's nice. I'm not saying that at all, but at least no, you this could, was, do you know what I mean? December time, though, when everyone signed already. Teams oh, right. Already. So we ended up getting compensation anyway from them contracts, nah. which softened the blow a bit and lucky he was able to sign back at Witness then. Right. And because of the time of the year, mate, are you having to take probably a deal a little bit less than what you, your market value is just to get on a roster? Uh, not really. Because I signed back at, at Witness then. I'd already told work because we were going back full time. I'd give notice in at work and everything. So, luckily... My work's been sound with everything I'm still here now. Still there now. But that could have went horribly wrong, really. Cool, mate. Cool. So, but I imagine the buying it work before all that happening has obviously paid its dividends for you, mate, hasn't it? Because they've left the door open for you. Yeah, yeah, because one of my managers is a big rugby fan, so he understood everything like that. So... I was quite lucky in that respect and the door stayed open for my job because I was working my notice period and didn't really give him a date until I got a date to start training so I just went back with my tail between my legs sort of thing and <laughs> <you know. laughs> that shows your maturity oh, mate because I'm not sure you'd have done that as a, as a younger lad if I'm being honest no 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 it's, it's until you get responsibilities and stuff, and you got a mortgage and kids and that, that they've all got through away, and I'd have been back at my mum and dad's. <laughs> like the old days, good days, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but that's it. Like like I've said it a few times, yeah, and it probably because I know you as well. Your life was is drastically different at this point, and and uh, like you, you have got bills, you. Have I've got kids, you have got school uniforms to pay for, you have got the daddy jerseys to, to get and, and all that sort of thing, haven't you? So was coming home a nice feeling, Adam. Yeah, because it a couple of times I could have signed back in between Salford and Newcastle, but I didn't want to come back because I knew it weren't like I went in too early at Salford because it was me hometown I didn't want to come back too soon and not being the team in your hometown it's a lot different isn't it so I thought the time was right then to then come back knowing that I could be competitive and put my hand up for a starting jersey sort of thing yeah and and how did you find it back mate and how's it this time walking round and and instead of in the pubs, we're probably doing your shopping or, you know, watching Matty at the woods and that. Yeah, well, it is a bit different, obviously, being in the championship and that. It's not as big and it's not that big of a buzz around the town about rugby as much now, So, which is a bit of a shame. But, yeah, so it's it's just normal, really, now. The kids, the kids like seeing the posters and that around town, but... 
It's about gonna get gets for that. Me dad on the side of a bus. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a shame, mate, isn't it? And all good things come to an end. And and I know it's now been announced where where your rugby's going to be getting played next year, but it mo- you must be more. Feel fulfilled with pride now that you're that bit older to know that you've contributed everything you could, every time you could, on the field for for what most kids want to do and play hometown club in it. So, what has playing for Witness meant to you, and and how hard has it been to leave? Yeah, probably. If you'd asked me a few months ago, I didn't want to leave, and I thought I'd see me career out back here. But uh, yeah, obviously. Things happen and stuff. We, I thought we'd done a few games that we should have won this year. We should have been in the playoffs and we'd have been pushing. You never know what happens in them games then. So I think leaving's probably a good thing now, but I'd have liked to have won something or maybe gone a bit higher with Witness before I left, yeah. And that's the thing with sport, mate. It isn't always the fairy tale, is it? So, excuse me, with no. your contract expiring, who, who puts their hand up and wants, wants Adam Wharton in their club? Or what What was the interest like? Yeah, obviously there was a couple of offers around and one stuck out, obviously, where I've signed now at Oldham. When I went and met Mike Ford and he outlined... The meeting he had, he wanted to get to know me and my family and stuff, and he outlined their plans and where they want to be. And I know Oldham's a good, proper rugby town. They're always playing against Oldham as a kid. They've always had good teams and stuff, so I'm excited to, with, especially with the team that's being announced or going to be announced. Some big names in it as well, so hopefully we're up there at the end of the year and pushing for some Silverware, or and uh, about definitely, mate. So there's a few faces there that are familiar to yourself and to the viewers and listeners. A few ex guests there as well, mate. Yourself, uh, Danny Craven's going to be there, any so a friend of the show, Jordan Turner's there. So it it is building nicely, mate. And it Joe, like thingy Joe Wardle's going to be there, isn't he? And and things like that. So what can Oldham's fans expect from from yourself next year, mate? Uh, just that I'll turn up every week if if I can walk and any niggles I'll be playing. I just want to play rugby and hopefully if I'm playing back row or prop, I don't mind. I'll put myself in the frame and I'll do anything I can to play week in, week out. If Mike didn't know you have played standoff before. <laughs> <laughs> Right, mate, I've, I've dictated your evening, so I've got a few daft questions for you, mate, if that's okay. So, yeah, any yeah. three match superstitions? Uh, not really. If there's a, I like to have my own earphones in just for at least 20 minutes or so, but yeah, I'll always try never to wear the jersey until the game. I'll always warm up in a training top or something. I just don't feel right warming up in the shirt, really. That's it, really. Nothing mad. 
Yeah. So the toughest player you've played with and against. When you said that, I had to have a think because obviously everyone sees it different and that. And I think, yeah, listening to a few of the previous and that as well. Like, I remember playing against like Adrian Molly when I was 19, he was at Salford, but you don't take it. But that was enjoyable. (laughs) 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 He was coming at his back end of his career, but he was still a unit there. But like playing with like. Ben Cross and that, like you said before, Phil Joseph, Gazot. But from pound for pound, probably from when I was at West Bank, I probably have to say Ryan Bates just plays above his weight of everything. Lending on him as well, aren't he? And I think most people in the town are probably... I remember listening to Jonesy's on here and he said the same. Yeah. I think... And so you've been on that side of him, like skill, pace, power, like don't come into it or out like that if you want like pure toughness to like for his pound for pound for the years he's played at that game. I think I've got to say right back, to be honest. Right, mate, your favourite away ground? My debut at Cass was probably hostile because they're all on top of you there, aren't you? But yeah, I remember beating Warrington away on a Thursday night when we were down to 12 men. So Good game, that, in it? Good game, that. That atmosphere, that away stand was packed. I still remember it now. I'm throwing the tops above the head. <laughs> I wouldn't have if I was there, mate. Wouldn't have got that fright. <laughs> So we've mentioned the word hindsight a few times, mate. So what would you tell a younger Adam Wharton? I don't know, maybe. I wouldn't have changed going to us, but if if you could have your time again, not go and then see how far you can get from that point. But not from now, I wouldn't have changed going over there. Probably some of the best years of my life, so... Fair enough, mate. It's fair enough. Go to karaoke song if you're out with the lads and you've had a few, mate. The microphone ends up in your hand. What are you going to give us? I uh, love karaoke. I don't like getting up myself, but it'd have to be uh, American Pie, Don McLean. Uh, <laughs> the last song that mate, I was singing it. Did you? So. <laughs> 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 Right. So if you're willing to, mate, a 1 to 13 that you've played with so far. That's a scribble a few names down before. I know I didn't play Salford that long, but there's a couple of lads in there from there. Yeah. That fullback I went Reese Ambry just because in that time I think he was just untouchable. Like going into that squad, I think he was just rapid and no one could catch him. Well, I played with White Nile levels, even Jack at the minute. But yeah, gone with Reese for fullback. Yeah. Wingers are when um, Ken Seo, Pat Arvan. But just missing out could have been Paddy Flynn or even Dion Cross recently at Witness, who've been flying. And Paddy yeah. Flynn just 
tough athlete. He just carry all day for you. Uh, centers I went with Tyra. He's just done consistent. He kicked goals all day, and he'll always be there. And he's always got his mouth open to say something. Good, good lad as yeah. well, mate. Yeah, yeah, definitely top fella. Yeah. Um, Chris Wellham, I went in the other centre, just because it was in all that year. He just kicked chase everything and just the little stuff that he, like the average fan, wouldn't see. But he'd win some games just by doing a little stuff like that. Yeah, the effort early is, mate. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And he's still going now. I don't even know how old he is. <laughs> Halfbacks is tough because obviously he played with Craven a lot and he's he could kick a ball onto a penny. But And obviously at Salford that year with Jackson and Rob Louie, like world-class, but... From coming through my debut and stuff, Kev Brown done a lot for me because he was the halfback, and I, when I was coming on at back row, he helped me out a lot there coming through. So I've gone Kevin, Matty Smith at seven. Obviously, the stuff he's yeah. done in the game. And he's a top fellow as well. Um, props have gone with Eamon O'Carroll and Lee Mossop. Obviously, two top professionals who done loads in the game and tough characters and always led from the front. We could have easily gone with like um, Phil Joseph, Ben Cross, Gil Dudson. But I just got with them too. Nine, I went with John Clark. He come to um, Witherson that year when I was coming through. I think he was captain that year and he just, he just led the side there when everyone was new. He took it he took himself on board to be like the leader sort of thing. And uh, yeah, it was just fucking good to be around him. Yeah, he was smart business in money, mate, that year. Smart business, that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think he yeah. even had the 13 shirt because we had Scott Moore as well then as well. He did, yeah, yeah. Back rows, I went with Dave Allen and Gazok. Uh, yeah, from when I was coming through, I learned a lot just even watching them in training. Like the, you watch Dave Allen run a line, it's fucking stupid. Like defenders he'd attract, and obviously guys with the stuff he'd done and what he brought to the team. Class. Uh, Thirteen, I went Mark Flanagan, which could have went with like Pep Kale or Tyrone McCarthy, but I think. Flash just what he'd done that year, shifting the ball round at 13. Not the biggest, but he throws himself a ball. Yeah. He's just a blast to watch, yeah. You've been listening to Trot the Egging. Thanks to our sponsors, Bardell Sports. Follow us on Twitter at Trot the Egging and Instagram at Trot underscore the underscore egg underscore in.